Now, David, is there something that you'd like to tell the audience this week? No, you you go ahead. You go for it. Okay. I just thought you literally just said five seconds ago that you're going to preface the the episode by saying that you're going to let me do the introduction, but that's, no, that's... I didn't. I said that I I was going to say it before we recorded, oh. so you didn't like break down on me. Okay, again. I, I I see what happened. I, I misunderstood, and for that I'm deeply sorry. So let's get into the introduction. You know. Um... I think we're all adults here and i think sometimes we just like to talk about star wars and if you like to talk about star wars with us you listen to star wars historians that's us you can you can send us questions if you like that would be fun um but otherwise we're just going to talk about you know old republic or i'm uh, no high republic both Hi, I'm Luke Forney. I'm one out of your two Star Wars historians. And may I introduce you into the other? This is David Gonzalez with the Star Wars Historians. We're so glad you've joined us here on this writing room session of the High Republic era. Yeah. So I, I believe if I understood you correctly earlier today, which um, now I'm calling into question whether I understood anything. Um, is that we're going to be working through kind of like the first half of the trilogy maybe today, or at least maybe just the first movie or something, or? You know, we value your time as Star Wars historians. As, as fellow Star Wars historians, like we are, yeah. we're, you're, you know, because if you've ever taken like a history class, like the professors are the historians, but because you're there and like, engaging hopefully learning you also become historians and so that's what we're all here for right and because of that we we understand that there is going to be a lot that we can probably cover uh but we we try to make these episodes probably about 30 to 40 minutes long so we're just going to be going for that long we'll stop wherever we need to stop uh and then we'll continue and finish it up uh, on the next Star Wars Historians uh, episode. But we're I would love for us to at least try and get the first two movies done. Talk about uh, the ending next time. And also about giving us kind of a little sneak peek of what we could possibly expect from Mandalorian Season 2. Because that's where we're going to be picking up from oh, yeah. after this. Um, but let's go ahead. Let's Let's dive in into the writing room so remember we're in the high republic era it's 200 years before the phantom menace uh, we see the jedi order in its height we see them traveling in the galaxy but there is something that has just happened the great disaster where ships have come out of hyperspace caused by the nile who are a form of space vikings who seem to be the next threat for the jedi order and this is where we're going to start it from. Luke, do you have any ideas of, of where you're thinking we could start from in terms of writing this? I kind of want to start 
from a a a place of peace if that makes sense you know all the other well actually the prequel trilogy doesn't really start out this way but uh the sequels and the original trilogy kind of start off like mid-conflict already but i'd like to just kind of have a moment to just sit in the peace that is this era and then have this like travesty this catastrophe happen but us let us be intimately kind of involved in seeing it so that way we can experience uh, our own kind of emotions with this devastation i agree and that that brings up something that i i hadn't even thought about but what if we have the great disaster happen in the movie Mm -hmm. we let that be not even the main conflict but it's something that happens but we should probably get there in order to be emotionally invested into the great disaster because if we just start talking and be like well the great disaster has just occurred Mm -hmm. well that does nothing for us and so here's my proposition of how we probably start this movie and i'm going to apologize ahead of time because i've already changed my mind on the role that yoda has to play in this trilogy Uh uh-huh and the reason why I'm changing my mind is for this kind of reason of I was thinking along the same lines of, hey, let's start this movie up understanding who the Jedi are at this time. If they are Jedi who are supposed to be in the galaxy, helping people, learning about the Force on a practical, hands-on way, then we need to see that. Mm-hmm. And Yoda's role in the high republic uh, era is supposed to be kind of like a study abroad for jedi padawans and knights who need more experience on actually interacting with living beings and sentience so we take these group of knights and padawans probably mostly knights and they're traveling with master yoda through the galaxy to learn more and more about what it means to be an active Jedi in the galaxy. But with that, I think it's important that we highlight one character. And what I mean by highlight is not that she's the main focus, but it's almost as if we are, we establish someone as someone who's going to be very, very important Mm -hmm. in the history of the High Republic era. And so the character that I've chosen and that I've, I've selected and, and seek the council to approve of right. <laughs> is uh, Avar Chris. Right. Uh, who in all of the graphics for the High Republic era is the uh, blonde woman with a green lightsaber. Um, so kind of detailing her probably as some sort of consular type Jedi. Right. And you know who she kind of reminds me of, too? Who? She kind of reminds me of Atris from Kotor 2, just because she's in all she's in all white robes. Right. So it, it gives me a little bit of Atris vibes. But she's supposed to be an exemplary, like, the best example of what a Jedi should be in the High Republic era. So pretty much the opposite of Atris. Mm. 
Yeah. Uh, and so I think – oh, anyway, go ahead. Sorry. No, I think, I think that's good. And I think kind of the way that plays out in the movie is I think this first movie should stay within that kind of subset of characters. It's, it's Yoda and his group of uh, Jedi in training and uh, – but Avar – oh, sorry, Avar, Chris uh, kind of – shines out uh, from all the others and so she'll whereas the other characters we might still see in the later movies she'll end up being the main character for this trilogy well at least that like she'll stay consistent throughout all the movies Mm -hmm. and i think what is going to be important and vital something that i just want to do personally is that the planets that we go to and the planets that we travel to are not new planets. Oh? We use planets that have already been established through Star Wars and other content to really just make it feel like they are actually helping the people of the Republic that we know that are involved. May I... And this is probably where you're going to go with it anyways, but may I add a qualifier to that? Sure. We go to these uh, kind of classic planets, but they don't look like how we remember them. Because remember, this is several hundred years in advance. And so the societies are going to be different. The buildings are going to be different. Um, There's just going to be a much different appearance um, than what we're used to. So something that is at once familiar, but new, although actually old. But And for example, one of the planets that I want to do this for is Dantooine. Okay. Which we haven't, which we haven't seen on camera, except from a distance, but would still be a good um, and coheres with kind of the old Republic history as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because the last time we've really seen... Dantween on the screen has been since Kator 2, which is... Well, yes, uh, but I mean, I, I thought you meant kind of uh, planets that we've only been to in the movies, in which case we've only seen Dantween blown up. Wait, no, it did. We haven't seen Dantween blown up. It was blown up off screen, but it was name dropped. Yes, but I think Dantween is going to be an interesting planet for those who who are those who are very familiar with the old Republic and want to see kind of those things kind of come back to life and on the main screen. We have last time we saw Dantooine, it was in ruins after Malik basically destroyed uh, the Jedi temple, drove them out from it. It was basically ruins, which has one of our favorite pieces by uh, Charles or Jeremy soul. Yeah. uh, With rebuilt Jedi enclave but we don't remember it as being devastated. We see it rebuilt um, almost better than it ever has been before. Right. As again, another safe haven for the Jedi as they're traveling the galaxy. And so this is where I think most of the story is going to take place in this first movie. We're going to see Avar, Chris, Yoda, and a couple of other students traveling uh to a couple of different locations on dantooine to help the people that are there 
while this is going on, the test, uh, the questions that Yoda presents to them uh, kind of, in some cases, confuses the Jedi a little bit who are with him. Uh, because I think Yoda has a different sense of what the galaxy needs mm-hmm. that differs from what the Order does a little bit. Not too much, but in a way that only Yoda could explain things, I think. Right. And and actually, this is something that would make for a very visually interesting uh, series of scenes, I think. Because, you, I mean, you think and some people would probably just say that this is just going back to uh, Empire Strikes Back with Yoda on Luke's back, which <laughs> probably probably don't need to have Yoda on anybody's back for this trilogy. Um, but absolutely not right. But I think it is something very visually interesting and something that we can really play around with now that we have so much more technology than the original trilogies did. Is demonstrating realities of the Force through these physical tests, and I think that's. That would be really interesting to see happen. Yeah. And so looking at what these are, these students struggle with what Yoda is trying to show them, except for Avar. Avar and Yoda have a very distinct relationship because Avar is willing to let the living force work through her. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, she is, I don't want to say further along, but I, I guess I would say that she's more further along in understanding the living force more than anything else. Right. She's more prepared in heart, kind of, than the others are. But I think we do need to be careful because we have to learn from the kind of things that are, are, uh, are, forefathers did in that we need to make sure that even though we want to demonstrate that Avar Chris is like she's there like she she can do these things and she is um, better suited to do these things than the other students we also need to show struggle because otherwise the the audience isn't going to care as much for just another Superman character yeah I like that because I have an idea of how we get the other students more involved. So let's say there's about three other students with Avar and Yoda. Well, each student is very gifted in a certain way to which Avar is not. Okay. Meaning that let's say that Avar is very good at connecting with the living force, but she has a difficulty connecting with individuals with, people who aren't Jedi. Not necessarily that she's rude or callous or anything of the sort, but she really struggles in how to actually connect with the human being that she's possibly helping. Mm -hmm. While another Jedi who is with them is very good at that. While while that Jedi is very, cannot connect with the living force like Avar can, but she can connect with people. And so each of these Jedi that are accompanying her are helping her in a different area in which she's not particularly advanced. Okay, so what we're imaging then for Avar is kind of just the consummate like force mystic or the force sage who 
being able to communicate with the force, um, like you said, isn't as good on the communicating with uh, other people or isn't as good at communicating with animals or isn't as good as um, communicating with weapons. And by that, I mean attacking people. Uh, but yeah, no, I think that's I think that's a pretty good uh, start to a kind of character outline, a good archetype. And that's something that we can go throughout even in these three films is just there is a we can even say that these jedi they've actually remember there's thousands of them so these jedi who come together haven't really been around each other Mm -hmm. and they all have different ideas of the jedi that they're going to be which we could see conflict and how they interact with each other when Yoda asks a question, they give three different answers. Right. And so they have a hard time with agreeing on certain Jedi ideologies based on the question that Yoda asks. And so maybe at the beginning, it's a, it's a rough start to their friendship. But then when we get to the final movie, they're a solid team of Jedi. Right. No, I like this idea a lot. Um and I really like this uh, idea of education, but and like that happens in a movie, but it's not just like classroom education. It's like hands-on. So it's interesting both for the characters themselves and for the people watching the characters to see how these lessons about the force are being passed on and, and getting to learn the actual, like what makes these other characters tick way better. But I have a question now. Um, I want to take a step back and go to... Now, uh, I think that what we've discussed already is good, and I think it, it'll, it'll come to play in this next conversation we have. But how do we want the movie to actually start? Um, and by this, I mean, what is the opening scene? And also, will we have a title crawl? Let's call it The Force Awakens. Okay, good. I, I don't think that's been used yet, so... <laughs> Um, we'll probably have to come back to a title. I well, no, I mean, like, is there a crawl? Um, um, I think, I think we would probably start by saying this trilogy just needs, um, a lot of new themes, not completely, not yes. all completely new. Cause I think there's some themes that transcend time, like the force theme and the dark side theme, but a, a new kind of piece uh, orchestral work that is able to capture the imaginations of, of people who hear it yes because i think the main theme that you see in the skywalker saga when you listen to it you're able to say okay that's from the skywalker saga mm-hmm. the same thing needs to happen for the high republic trilogy it needs to be something that when someone says all it has to say is main theme right as soon as it starts they're like this is from the high republic era like we know what it is uh how we do a a different crawl i'm unsure of that perhaps we could do it not in space hmm yeah and i guess kind of the first thing that pops into my head was ooh. Here's something, and you can shoot this down if you like, 
but what if we viewed this as like this project, this trilogy as a retelling of a story um, from the past, but is being told like in the universe that we're already used to. So what we're seeing is these title crawls are actually like the story that has been engraved into like a stone tablet or something in the wall at the temple. I like it. I don't know about a stone tablet per se, Mm -hmm. but what if we, do you remember the uh, loading screen or the, like the, the page to where you can either do a new game load game for Jedi outcast two, where they have like uh, the lightsaber that's just sitting there. And then you have a book that's open kind of, what if we did something like that? Not necessarily with the lightsaber or anything, but it it's a it's a book of history that someone can get, or maybe even like a data like a datacron. Okay, yeah, a datacron that is makes op- sense. And that that is opened up. And I think the way that we can make this even better is we use that datacron, or we use whatever um, kind of mode of telling this message um and not only do we have the text but it's like um do you know what i mean whenever i say it's like an illuminated page like how there's illuminated bibles so Mm -hmm. like on the side of the text and um over like certain words is these illustrations and these uh further kind of decorations that like illumine that that brighten up this page artistically right and so we, we like, I, I imagine for the opening crawl, it would be something along the lines of a very brief description of this period of history, followed by um, a very vague and ominous kind of uh, mention of the great disaster that is like looming, that is just about to strike. Uh, and then mm-hmm. uh, uh, with these different keywords, we have like... A, a drawing, a stylistic drawing of a Jedi, like not realistic, but imagine like what you would expect to see from um, like historical paintings or historical uh, carvings. I'm still very much on a, a carving kind of idea, but, yeah. but Datacron is also good. Yeah. I mean, either way, we could we could play around with that and see see how we feel. I actually do like the idea of maybe a like a stone carving or something along the sorts because oof, and I might be getting too much into already the ending but I think once we get to the conclusion of it we can we it we can go back to that as in terms of someone actually writing this out because it'll reveal who was who kept the record of this specific period in time mm-hmm for the Jedi Order and the Galactic Republic. And also, I'm kind of imagining, because I, I've kind of have framed it in somebody's telling a story, then we're not just seeing the words on the wall, but we have somebody, like, speak them, like, read them out. And this might be a little bit gimmicky, but how nice would it be if we had Liam Neeson read this story? That wasn't my choice that's not who i was going with um because i i wasn't thinking of 
someone possibly not narrating everything. Well, but I, I don't. Of, I don't mean like yeah, narrating right. the movie, but I just mean like reading out this what and what it what mm-hmm. we have instead of the opening crawl. Right, which is a good idea, and I I, I do like that. My per the person that I was gonna go to was Yoda. I think that's good, and that makes sense even like within the bounds of the story. My problem is Yoda doesn't speak normal. <laughs> yeah. W- yeah, and so I think if we were doing a speaking introduction, I think it should be Qui Gon Jinn, or or it could be somebody else, or it could be. A character that is otherwise unknown. Um, Absolutely. I, I just think yeah. that, like, whenever I think of characters that we are familiar with, ooh, or we could do um, Plo Koon and have, like, kind of a sort of, uh, like, that series of histories that they did for the Old Republic. See, I was thinking of Master Nostarao. Yeah. Whenever he did the timeline for the Galactic... Uh, because because like we couldn't Republic. really do Master Nasta Rao because if I'm I'm assuming that he's canon and I'm assuming that his story takes place far before old, uh, High Republic, but right. It but does. we can like make reference to him if we used Plo Koon. And that is in oh shoot that is interesting because we're at that point we're establishing a set position in that yeah like every yes. every generation of Jedi has the historian. Yes, which is amazing because we are the historians right, now. Right, exactly. It's cool. I love that idea, actually. And so what if we did it in that kind of format in terms of starting it, mm-hmm. maybe? Um, oh, man, that's great. I love that a lot. So then, so after this little blurb of, like, that we can assume is the, the beginning of the story is, is mm-hmm. read... Then and we're left on this ominous note, looking forward about the the great disaster that's coming. Uh, then, like we cut the black, and then we open back up, kind of in a jarring way. But we're on like Dantooine, probably with like a close shot of like green grass or the ground or something. And then we see feet running by, and it's the first trial that we see of uh, Yoda and these new Jedi. Mm-hmm. and i love that i think that's really really great it really gets us the ground running because some of the complaints that i heard about phantom menace and we've talked about this when we're going through the saga was that phantom menace kind of starts slow mm-hmm. even though it is a supposedly a time of peace right i mean they're going into trade negotiations but it's a time of peace for the most part and so they're fixing to diplomatically work something out with the trade federation and because of that it uh it kind of starts out like everyone's just like okay well this movie needs to get along somehow this allows us to kind of get away from that and establishing a time of peace but it's a time where the jedi are learning and training right it's it's very much an example where we can actually have our cake and eat it too like we can have a peaceful moment and yet have a sort of conflict or something that adds excitement at the beginning, um, but then like in a, in a few minutes we'll find out that it doesn't really pan out to a serious problem, mm-hmm. but it's just a, a training example. 
but it's still visually interesting and exciting and it 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 puts us into okay this is the framework that we're going to follow for this story right and so in this kind of trial test that yoda is displaying on let's say i'm thinking if we're having three jedi and yoda we have a var a male and a female okay and yoda and yoda and just to kind of have a placeholder that way we're not just saying well the girl jedi or the guy jedi i'm gonna go ahead and give a name for the guy jedi and it's kind of paying homage to my brother uh but let's just call him uh maze okay so we'll just call him maze for now it's a placeholder it's not anything permanent we're gonna contact dave filoni dave filoni is going to give us up with the name yes exactly we're gonna send an email to dave say hey uh, just wanted to let you know that we upheld our end of the bargain and we've got uh, the, these movies lined out for you. Uh, just get us these names um, before 5 p.m. if possible. If not, <laughs> just do it by the end of the week. Um, right. And this isn't, this isn't I, I just need to clarify, this isn't us holding like a, a, a place of power of, over Dave Filoni. We would never. We would never. Yeah, never. But Mm-mm. it's like too much respect. Yes, we're but we're just like coworkers in different departments. Like an accountant right. needs a businessman to give their expense reports. It needs to give their uh, paperwork uh, by the end of the day. And it's not because the accountant has power over that businessman. It's just that there's this give and take, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Now, okay, so that was a bit of a. Um, diverging meant from actually talking about star wars but right okay so maze is the is the guy name yes um and then avar is one of the gals and then the other woman is stila Ooh, yes i love that so in this first it's a fit let's say it's a physical challenge well Here's the thing that we know about Maze. Maze is very good at physical challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is good at using the Force to help him physically. Right. Con- um, consummate Jedi Guardian. Like, he, he can do right. Force push, he can do Force jump, and that's, that's those are the main things. Yes. So he he wins this challenge, per se, or is able to complete the... Or anyway, You have something? Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to detract from you describing the challenge, but I think Go ahead. this would be, since we're doing it with three students, and we've already established Avar as kind of like the sage-type character, um, let's just round out and say that um, it's one from each role. So there's one Jedi Guardian, there's one Jedi Counselor, and then uh, Stila can be a Jedi Sentinel as a right. yellow-bladed crystal. Yes, that's a great idea. And so Steel is able to easily complete this challenge for Yoda with Avar actually coming in last Mm -hmm. on this and Steel coming in second. And it's that idea, again, that this is something that Avar is going to have to work on in order to catch up with uh, Maze. And so we see these kind of series of challenges to where each each knight is able to excel at a certain thing. So this is what Maze is uh, 
successful in. So what is a challenge that Stila could then excel at more than the other two? Stila's probably got to be the one who is able to... Hmm. Because whenever I think about Sentinels, I, I generally think that they're like the in-between of Consular and Guardian. Maybe yes. they're the... Maybe Stila is going to be kind of the more practical one out of either of the two. Like, they're going to be able to better communicate with people. They're going to be able to have better skills, like, if they need to, like, solve a problem or, or like, get through a door or something like that. Um, yes. Ooh, I like that idea. Because I think Stila should complete the last challenge. Like, she should be successful. So, that let's say this the second one is more force-driven, which is something that Avar will be more successful at because again maze he's he's strong with the force but he only is able to use it for his own advantages physically right he's got he's got the the basic kind of telekinetic components down but Mm -hmm. if anything that requires more than just like busting down a door is going to be more difficult for maze absolutely and even even Stila, she's she's almost there. So she actually comes in second on this one. Uh, because, again, she's kind of that in-between person. And I think... So kind of what I'm, I'm viewing now that we're talking about it like this is... I think we can still keep it so that Avar is kind of the main character for these trilogies. Or for this trilogy, rather. But I think we can also make it so that... In this episode, it's kind of like they they share in three parts kind of the, the main role. And then through other um, offshooting media, we can finish the stories of Maze and we can finish the stories of Stila. Um, like either through books, comics, games, or maybe even a standalone movie. Uh, but um, what I'm imagining now is because these three people are so different and they demonstrate the Jedi differently. We also need to demonstrate how they are affected by the dark side differently. Like they're not all going to be attracted in the same ways to the dark side. So Maze can be more aggressive with uh, physical power and anger and things like that. Uh, Stila might be more um, kind of conniving and more deceptive and then Avar can be kind of like traveling into like the the power of the dark side of the force, like trying to learn the mysteries of the force and then traveling too far. Yes, I, I love that a lot because I think here's the thing. You have the first test, which Maze is successful in. Right. Second challenge that Stila, or not Stila, um, the second challenge into which Avar is successful mm-hmm. in. You have the third one to where Stila is successful in. However, you have a fourth test, which they all fail. Ooh, and then in that which test, is, it's, it's basically the cave test. Yes, yes. Uh, and at the end, Yoda comes out and he says, you know, well, I'm not going to actually talk right, about it. Right, yeah. I don't think I can. But he's basically saying... The pull of the dark side is something that all Jedi must confront. Right. And you know your no, no, you go. go ahead. 
Okay. Okay. You go. <laughs> Sorry, you go. Okay, so, uh, yeah, that I think that fourth test is he's going to come out and, like, tell them, like, this is, um, this is what, like, what you said, this is what every Jedi has to deal with, so don't get proud. Like, don't get arrogant and think that you can't mm-hmm. fall to the dark side because it will Absolutely. pull on you. Yes. And so... From this situation, Yoda is asking for them at this moment, after the test, he says, clear your mind of all things. Mm -hmm. Just reach out into the force and just connect. So they're all trying. Boom, the great disaster. Nice. I like it. I also think this is kind of like... He doesn't necessarily have to say it out loud like this, but he. this Mm -hmm. is where... He can kind of get at the idea as like the, the greatest teacher failure is, and so that yes. so they they might even like ask him is like why why did you do this if you knew we were going to fail, and so ooh which it happens it happens in the old republic uh, game actually there's a test that uh, the Jedi Knight he is able to help someone else in their quest, and that that master says well he wasn't. So he wasn't supposed to complete that test. Mm-hmm. Okay, why'd you have him take it? Because we had to test his resolve to the Jedi and to the Force, which we can do the same thing here. And I think while Yoda is kind of giving this kind of monologue, you have a different variation version of Yoda's theme. Okay. While he's while he's speaking, I this. like this. Uh- it's different to where. It's like it's it's High Republic era, but it's like man, this is this is Yoda mm-hmm. doing what Yoda does best, and that is describing the connection with the Force. And not only is this Yoda doing what Yoda does best, but I think this is Star Wars doing what Star Wars does best. Because to to quote George Lucas, it's like poetry; it rhymes. Like we kind of we might laugh at that a little bit because it's a little funny at sometimes, but it's. It's true that, like, Star Wars, even more so than being, like, known by its uh, lightsabers or blasters or space travel or things like that, I think it's really known um, either unconsciously or consciously by its continuity with itself. Like, things mirror each other, but it's not old. Like, things mirror each other, but it's not just copying each other. And I think this is that good point of continuity where we see that this trilogy matches with what we've already seen in the Skywalker saga, and it matches with what we've seen in the Old Republic. Absolutely. No, I agree. And just for time's sake, let's let's keep pushing. It looks like this is the only one we'll probably get done, and we'll probably have to hit the other two <laughs> if, in the next podcast. If, if we even <laughs> – I feel like – We've kind of, at most, probably described, like, the first 30 minutes of the movie. <laughs> I would say that probably so, um, which is, again, we're writing a trilogy, so we're learning we're learning new stuff as we go, which is completely fine, yeah. I would say. But, so, then we, we see, maybe, like, I guess the idea is that ships start like crashing out of the sky and then mm-hmm. they look up into orbit with like some macro binoculars, which is kind of a throwback to that deleted scene from uh, A New, A New Hope. Hope. 
And then yeah. with those micro binoculars, they see these these really weird and like vicious and crude looking ships like in orbit. And these are mm-hmm. the ships that the Nile come in. And they start like bringing down boarding parties all across the planet uh, to like basically destroy it, lay siege and, and conquer it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have these Jedi who, again, as inexperienced as they are, they all have the same reaction to this. We got to go help. Mm-hmm. We have to do something. We can't just sit idly by and not do anything. To where the majority of the movie is going to be them dealing with the Nile on Dantooine. Right. And I think I think an important aspect of this is so Dantooine at this time is going to have we're we're going to need another episode to fully finish this movie, I think. Because there's just so many concepts that we're beginning to get into. Uh, Right. But I think Dantooine is, like, we need to establish kind of where it is, like, civilizationally first. So Dantooine itself, I think, should remain mostly kind of agricultural. Like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of uh, savannas, a lot of grassy plains, and uh, different, like, hounds and, and other creatures scurrying about um but then there are these communities that are established and this is sometime after the old republic so they're they've probably grown up a little bit um and i think i i think i like the idea of the temple being um reestablished in some way but i think Mm -hmm. i like the idea better that yoda and the jedi are more or less like stranded um, by themselves mm-hmm. on this planet. And so I think yeah. we need to go to the temple at some point and pay homage to it and like spend mm-hmm. some time there. But I yeah. think, um, I don't think there should be any other Jedi on the planet. Cause I think we need to establish like how deadly the Nihil are or the Nile are. Yeah. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. And so that is where, we will leave it today. Oh, man. Luke, this is a lot more time-consuming than I think either of us thought that you this was correct. going to be. Yes. Um, and it's been fun, man. It really has There's been. There's just so much to explore and like play around with in this space. But yeah, you're absolutely correct. This was uh, a bit more time than I thought. So because of that, we are announcing that we are actually not just having episodes on Monday. Starting the following Monday, whenever it's our week, we're actually going to release two episodes. One on Monday and one on Wednesday to make sure that we finish this in time before Mandalorian comes out. Mm-hmm. We need Because we need to review those because those are going to be really, really great. But we want to do this right and we want to do this to the best of our ability. So unfortunately, that means more episodes with the Star Wars historians. Wait, hold on. That's not. That's not unfortunate. That's. That's a good thing. It is a good thing. And I'm actually pretty happy that we're doing this because I want to do this right. I don't want to short, shortchange anybody from seeing the full vision that we that we have 
for this film for these films in this era and and can i just say this this is a little bit of tooting our own horn but i think we've started a really interesting movie and i'm kind of Mm. bummed that i'm never going to actually see it (laughs) (laughs) which is not it's not the intention of us doing this but it is a fun way for us to explore the star wars universe that we love i think i I just love creating story in this this space and this universe um yeah and so i i'm i i really look forward to seeing what oh there's a siren which you're definitely picking up um Gosh. Yeah, you know, living in the city, man. Um, there's always yeah. traffic. There's always sirens. Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, what was I saying? I, I am very happy to look forward to whatever Star Wars content we see in this period. And I will very eagerly swallow it all up. Like, I'm not going to be mad that it's not as good as anything I could create. Because um, mm-hmm. it's Star Wars, we've we've already established this point. Yeah, doesn't matter if I like it or not. It's Star Wars, it. and so I love it. Um, yes, but it's gonna be good. I'm excited. It's gonna be good. Yeah, I'm excited too, and we're excited to do more episodes for you guys. We're excited for you to see what visions we have. And so, until next time, for Luke Forney, this is David Gonzalez with the Star Wars historians here on the Zebo Effect podcast. We we'll see you guys later. May the Force be with you.